0: I wonder if baseball historians will look back at this year and think, what was a bigger milestone? Albert Pujols hitting 700 homers or Alberta dugout stories with 200 podcasts?
1: Welcome to episode 200 of Alberta Dugout Stories podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Yeah, you actually heard that right. We're now 200 episodes into this passion project with the first one debuting almost four years ago to the day, October 30th, 2018. Now, this doesn't happen without all of you. So thank you again for taking the time to listen in to the long-form stories of baseball in our province. To mark the occasion, let's welcome back ADS co-founder and writer extraordinaire Ian Wilson. As always, a pleasure, my friend.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: 200 episodes in. I know you're a big listener of the show as well. Any favorite episodes or kind of guests that you've heard over the last 200 episodes?
0: Yeah, before I get to that, I, I wonder if uh, baseball historians will look back at this year and think, what was a bigger milestone? Albert Pujols hitting 700 homers or Alberta dugout stories with 200 podcasts?
1: <laughs> or Aaron um, Judge hitting we'll 60. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll see, right? Um, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, there's there's been lots of, uh, like, yeah, it's must listen uh, uh, audio for sure. And uh, I think there's just been so many really good interviews. Some of them kind of surprise you a bit. Uh, some of the ones that you're like, yeah, this could be okay, that, that uh, exceed expectations. Um, you know, I think of guys like uh, Keith Comstock, which was the uh we reached out to him. He pitched for the Cannons for a while, but uh, was mostly known for his his baseball card that had the baseball to the groin mm-hmm. uh, image uh, and he was just a, a really engaging uh, fun guy to talk to uh, and you could just tell you know when you're interviewing people you know they just love to talk about baseball it's not you know you're not uh, working too hard to get information out of them and they're, they're just eager to share stories they like, oh yeah like well this one time Sadaharu Oh uh, got really mad at me <laughs> 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 for how I how I didn't at that Ah uh, comstock was 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 one of the more recent ones that i that I liked and I think um as we uh as we navigate alberta dugout stories i i there's a real appeal and attraction to that uh, long time uh minor leaguer story that emerges yeah. uh, of course we we see that with the players who come through now and uh you know get drafted and go pro and some of them have these protracted uh, journeys through the minors and you're hoping they're going to make it to Major League Baseball and you, it's never assured. You never know what's going to happen with injury or, um, you know, just quality of play as you ascend to new levels. So there's something really appealing about seeing, you know, seeing some of these guys who, they they you know, maybe they had a five-year Major League career or two years, but they played pro for, like, 20 years and you know you know you hear about the bus rides and you hear about the you know just the the quality of of life at that time and it's not always great but i, I just i applaud that uh commitment to to go do that i, I hope conditions get better on that front mm-hmm. having said all that but uh yeah, the comstock one sticks out i love uh, i love what uh you for whatever reason, you've primarily been doing the uh, the interviews with the uh, uh, the, the women's uh, baseball players, and uh, I really like that. I, I'm proud of uh, what the uh, Alberta Dugout Stories has been able to achieve in elevating discussions there, and uh, and, and that that game, which which can be underappreciated, and, uh, you know. Sometimes, too, I think, you know, I've, I've got a daughter, of course, I. I I keep looking at things. I'm like, why can't I put her in baseball? And, you know, that, that does, that theme comes up uh, a bit. And yeah, I think these are good conversations to have.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the things I've really liked about it, looking back on it, is how it's been three years, I think, three or just over three years since we kind of launched this thing. And it, what amazes me is you watch the trend, uh, you watch the, these athletes kind of grow up in front of you, right? Like the one that comes to mind right off the bat is Jordan Procession, right? Like there's a guy who is, has gone through the ringer in the minor league system since he was drafted by Boston. And he's, he, he actually just won a double a double-A title with his, with his team in Tulsa, I think. But we had him on the podcast earlier this year and he, uh, was just about to become a dad for the first time, right? And to to see this the you know, this young up and coming kid from Calgary who went to Oak Tokes and played with Dogs Academy and that kind of thing, making it all the way, playing into Pro Ball, getting to triple A, doing doing all he's done, got, done all the traveling. But then you get to see the the adulting side as well. And and that's gonna be the cool part about Looking forward to the next 100 or 200 or 500 episodes, however many we decide to do, is some of these guys who are just getting started on their their journeys that are 16, 17, 18 years old, five years down the road, where are they? What are they doing? It's going to be cool to watch that side of it as well, which is what, what I love most about it. And then to your point, especially with the... The, the look backs, whether it's the Keith Comstocks or the one about the 82 Methap Blue Jays and bringing on Cash Beecham as an example. And he's got that that thick southern accent to go along with yeah. everything. Keith Gillum as well. And you're just like, just talk to me for days. Like I told them both afterwards, yeah. <laughs> you can just you can read the dictionary to me and I'd be cool with it. But their stories are so so interesting because they had such lengthy pro careers as well, even though they might not have gotten a shot at the show, they've got all kinds of stories to tell. And that's been the cool part about this is we can tell little fragments in written form, but to be able to go long form like this is is just something that it, it's such a cool platform to be able to, uh, to contribute to.
0: Absolutely. I think too, uh, with our, um, you know, we don't end every podcast or or with every podcast guest, we don't, Ask them, what does the game of baseball mean to them? But I know when we ask that question, uh, I I love seeing the responses to that Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, you can you can kind of be doing your interview. It's going along and you can see the player like kind of gets into a rhythm. It's almost like a pitcher pitching a game. They get into a rhythm and they they kind of see where the conversation is going and then you kind of hit them with that. And uh, it's (laughs) it's a wicked slider on them, right, Mm -hmm. where they're like, oh, wow. Like, where did that, that come from? And they're like, yeah. And yeah, the, the variety of re- responses we get from that, um, you know, usually it starts with, oh, it's everything, mm-hmm. but then it, you know, it can go into so many different, uh, different avenues. And I, I love hearing uh, different guests respond to that question.
1: I wanted to do a little bit of a, a state of the union with you here. I mean, it's 200 episodes in. It's a nice little landmark achievement. But when I look at 2022 specifically, this is turning into a banner year for us. I've kind of alluded to it on social media a little bit. Uh, as we record this, website hits are approaching our all-time annual record. Uh, amazing support from our community spo- uh, community sponsors and partners. Everything's been really kind of rolling for us. And I wanted to get from your standpoint how impressed are you with how things have kind of transpired over the last 12 months or so?
0: Yeah, good question. I, I think, um, some, some of the success is, is kind of, I don't know, it's amusing or it's funny in that, um, I don't necessarily think from a content point of view, like, Oh wow. We really stepped up and made like, like the storytelling is at a different level this year. I feel, I kind of feel like we've, kept doing what we've been doing for years and Mm -hmm. it's just steadily grown in that way so i don't i don't necessarily feel like this is the story man like this is the one this is (laughs) gonna get like so many views from this one you know i I, you know as i've said to you before i usually my approach is like i'm interested in this that's all i care about (laughs) you know you know i i i want other people to like it i want other people to read it or listen to it i hope they're in Engaged by it and into it, but uh, I love telling those stories. We can sniff out a good story and and know um, what a good story is, whether it's a historical piece or it's um, you know something that's that's happening right in front of our eyes, whether it's you know the WCBL All Star Game or um, you know or the finals for that matter, like of, of this year. I thought that particular season was was just very compelling and and great Mm -hmm. this year and and just a good reminder uh, after a few years off. Wow. (laughs) It's nice to have some, some great live baseball again. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I answered your question there, but no, it's, it's just good to see that people are, are, uh, it's resonating with people. I think people respect the work that is being done, particularly those in the baseball community, um, you know the the response when we see people out at the ball diamond or or talk to them on the phone or talk to them on social media is like oh wow like i love what you guys are doing and it's like oh good like i, I i'm glad you're appreciating it we enjoy doing it and we want other people to feel the same way
1: mm-hmm. no, it's, it's interesting that way is that you get into that sort of rhythm and and what ends up happening is even during COVID, I think weirdly because we kept on going and doing what we do, it kind of gave us a bit of a leg up almost like we stayed front and center in, in people's eyes. And even if there wasn't action on the field, on a local scale, we were still telling those stories about how athletes were staying in tip-top shape or telling those stories of yesteryear or whatever the case may have been. And so when they were actually getting back onto the field and, and doing their thing, we were still there. We didn't disappear and have to rebuild anything. And and you got that mm-hmm. sense as we were talking to people as we were out and about at games or whatever the case may be. Like you said, even on social media, they're like, they were able to put a face to a name finally after a couple of years away but even beyond that was just being able to maybe fully appreciate what we had what we were missing from before kind of thing and then to go hey we have this opportunity because this is a passion project for us right like this isn't something where our we have regular nine to fives and we've got family lives and all that kind of thing it's we it's a it's a delicate balancing act but it's one that we we've been able to strive for and Uh, it's just, it's an honor and a privilege. I keep saying it, I feel like a broken record, but it is an honor and a privilege to be able to do something special like this and be able to do something that, uh, resonates with the baseball community. Because as we watch the, the traditional media sphere continue to shrink and shrink because of the, the resource issues, people are looking for baseball stories or basketball stories or whatever the case may be. And we just happen to be the place that you can go for, for the best dugout stories.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, with the media landscape and I know uh, with journalism in general, there is um, animosity, shall we say, mm-hmm. at uh, different levels, not necessarily entering the sports realm quite as much, although it can get that way too. So I think, I think people really don't know what they've got and, and until it's gone kind of thing. We've seen that in the Calgary radio landscape. Recently, how things have changed, and then it's like uh, what's going on here. So, I think, I think we, I think we are filling a void with our, our coverage, our baseball coverage, and um, you know, hopefully, we're able to keep doing that for for years to come because I enjoy doing it. But as you said, there's uh, family commitments and, and life life gets in the way, uh, so to speak. Uh, not always in a bad way, but it, it's it's just true. You've got other commitments in your life that uh, require your attention. And uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, one thing I love is just sitting back and I've got when I'm done with this podcast, I've got a story that I've, I'm not going to say what it is, but I've got a story I'm, I've been excited to write for a few weeks now that's been on the back burner that uh, it's like, yeah, got to get to that. and uh, And yeah, I just enjoy sitting down and doing that process of writing it putting it together and how am I going to tell this story, that kind of thing.
1: Before we change things up and talk a little MLB, let's hit pause and thank our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The Okotoks Dogs are WCBL champions and will return as hosts of the league's 2023 All-Star Game. For more, head to dogsbaseball.ca. And AHP Academy is devoted to driven athletes and they're building on that mantra with new facilities and programs as well. Check them out at ahpbaseball.com. Switching gears. Let's talk a little MLB. We don't do this very often. I'm curious. Uh, I'd love to hear it in the comments section on social media later. Once we're done this, whether people like it or not, because I I feel like it's navel gazing sometimes when you just have a couple of people randomly talking about things. But there's a lot to talk about in Major League Baseball right now. So let's let's riff for a little bit, Ian Wilson, and let's talk a little bit about uh, the playoffs are set. You right now, I know people who are listening can't see, but you are wearing your Mariners hat. You are the happiest kid in show business right now. Twenty one (laughs) years, blah, 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 blah. Do you have any bold (laughs) uh, predictions for the MLB playoffs this year?
0: Well, let's not just blah, 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 the (laughs) Seattle Mariners, okay? First time in 21 years. Kudos to the Mariners, Uh, a team with long ties to the city of Calgary, as we know it Mm -hmm. through the Cannons. So let's just revel in that a little bit. (laughs) Not to mention, uh, you know, Edgar Martinez, still at the club, long-time Calgary Cannons, great uh, Hall of Famer. So there's still some connections there. And Julio Rodriguez is one of the emerging uh, talents who's just so fun to watch. I know we're we're in many ways talking to Blue Jays country out there, uh, who can like they've got Bouchette and they've got Vlad, so they've got some of those stars too that are mm-hmm. fun to watch. And you can see the love of the game that comes through those guys. So uh, yeah, so shout out to Julio because I, I know he's bringing up some of the the Griffey feels that. That initially attracted me attracted me to the to being a Mariners fan so um yeah what was your question <laughs>
1: <laughs> any bold predictions who do you think is going to win oh. or what any thoughts as we head oh. into the first round
0: not yeah I mean I I don't know I don't know about bold predictions I think um I, I'm curious to see how Albert Pujols does after uh setting that the uh, new milestone and and chasing down some milestones still. Uh, He actually seemed, it's not just like he's hanging on and chasing these records, even though he's playing terrible or anything like that. Mm. He's, he's contributing, he's looking good and he looks pretty energized. So I'll be curious to see how he plays and if he can do, you know, weave some kind of Disney magic uh, in, in St. Louis, Um, the American league. I mean, The Astros are the team to beat. Um, So many people don't like them. I don't like them. Uh, (laughs) uh, I won't be cheering for them. I'm not really a Yankees guy, but uh, I'll be curious to see how how they do. They've had such a weird season. So I think there's more of a which team is going to show up in the playoffs. They obviously have, you know, great talent there. Uh, and then you get that whole, like, Blue Jays, Rays, uh, uh, Mariners mix of, of very good teams. But even with them, like, you, I I don't know which of those teams is going to necessarily show up. But I think in a short series, they've all got uh, the pitching to, to, you know, get them through. And it's just, you know, more of, I think, what their hitting can do uh, come crunch time. So um you know over in the national league i think dodgers are always you know the dodgers are always the dodgers right they're Mm -hmm. a threat Uh, braves are you know credit to the braves for you know oh by the way we lost freddie freeman uh yeah (laughs) and 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 it's like nah we're okay we're good (laughs) you know so i you know that's that's going to be compelling yet again can the can the braves uh you know repeat and and have success again I, I i don't know i don't know where that's where that's gonna go but uh yeah sit back grab a popcorn grab a brew and it's uh it's always the best like it is the best for uh for playoffs and and postseason play nothing is more dramatic and just uh you know you just get those angsty butterflies watching it and, and i say that even when the mariners have <laughs> obviously haven't been involved so that's going to be heightened heightened now
1: I have this weird feeling. I don't know why, but it feels like Cleveland's being overshadowed and I just don't know it. Like I have this weird feeling that it's going to be like the guardians and the Dodgers or something like that. Like just completely out in left field from the AL because everything is just so to your point, if the pitching catches on, if the hitting does well, any of these teams can come out of it and just quietly going about their business, doing what they got to do to get into the playoffs the Cleveland Guardians are there. Like, nobody expected them yeah. in that spot. Same with the Braves, right? Like, the Braves have been in that in that spot. You mentioned Freeman. No Mike Soroka this year. Like, everybody kind of went, okay, well, maybe this is the year where they kind of fall off the, the mountain. No, they decided that they were just going to, you know, ride a, a massive wave at the end, overtake the Mets, and, and do their thing. Like, just an unreal so I don't I like I'm kind of like you in that regard I don't have any bold predictions because I think it's just going to be so unpredictable I just hope for Canada's sake that one of the two Canadian teams the Blue Jays or the Mariners because let's be real Mariners are essentially a (laughs) Western Canadian team one of them goes on a lengthy run because I think there's going to be a lot of excitement regardless of of that and At the very least, one of us will be happy about uh, about how the playoffs are rolling out. So,
0: yeah, well, we'll be able to cheer on the Naylor boys as well with the Guardians, good Canadians. Uh, Mariners have a couple Canadians on the roster too: Mm -hmm. Abraham Toro out of Quebec, and uh, Matt Brash. uh, I think is the other one. Um, A good point about uh, you know uh, the Mets too. Like, I mean, oh yeah, we've got Degrom and Scherzer. (laughs) Like, <laughs> like, I know everyone thinks the Mets are going to met and, and, and just kind of blow up because they did that recently, mm-hmm. you know, to end the regular season against the Braves. But you know, don't you know, don't sleep on that team quite yet. No. Or I don't know. Maybe maybe we do sleep on. them. Who knows?
1: <laughs> I've always been a big believer, no matter the sport, whether it's baseball, hockey, whatever it is. As soon as playoffs begin, everybody's zero and zero, right? Like the Braves were, had the worst record of any team heading into the playoffs last year, and they walked away with the World Series trophies. So I'm not willing to write anybody off heading into a best of one, best of three, best of seven at this point. So uh, on to some other MLB stuff. I got to ask this, Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani, who you got for MVP?
0: Uh <laughs> you know, I knew you were gonna ask this. I knew you're gonna ask this. And uh I okay, I'll start this way. I thought I thought last year when Otani was doing Otani things, I actually thought it it made me really mad that people were even trying to make a case for Vlad. Right. There's nothing against Vlad. Great player. But let's be real, like Well, I can only do so much, and Otani is, you know, he's doing stuff now that even Babe Ruth wasn't doing, Mm -hmm. you know. So he's doing stuff that hasn't been done since Babe Ruth, and then he's kind of doing his Babe Ruth impression better in many ways. So I just, I, I, I guess my default position for now, and as long as Otani is, a high-level starting pitcher and a high-level uh, hitter, and he is exceptional at both of those things. He's having a better year this year than, than last year. He's my default. He's the MVP. Sorry. And, and I don't don't tell me, well, the Angels aren't in the playoffs. Don't give me that crap. Yeah, that's okay. So Mike Trout sucks then. right? Trout sucks because he's on the Angels. No, that's not. So does Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> Cinder <guard> sucks, but <laughs> anyway. I like that throwaway comment. Just...
1: That's the one comment that people are going to come back to, and, con- <laughs> yeah. and and they're going to go on on social and just blast you for it. I I can't. Yeah. Wait.
0: Well. Yeah. You know, tell me I'm wrong. I guess. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I just think I think Ohtani is that default. Like he's like you have to start at the spot where. This is the MVP. Uh, now prove me wrong. Mm. I, I think. I think. And but but there's <laughs> a massive but. That was a really high long high.
1: early caveat to a butt involved. But okay, let's yes. go. Let's hear it.
0: Yes, uh, but I mean, I you can't like for the mo- most of the season I did. I was just like, we had a judge judges. He's going off. He's going off. He's doing the eyes doing all right. If judge wins the triple crown and you know he's he's already was he, he's tied the american league record if uh, if he if he does mm-hmm. break that american league record like it's just one of the best seasons for a hitter you know ever yeah. really so i i it's not one. i think this is i think that is a little bit different. i think i think triple crown you know, record for single season home runs. I know it's not the Bonds. but I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't care. I don't want to get in the whole steroid thing with Bonds and blah blah blah. But I, I just think, I think Judge, if he does that, if he if he's Triple Crown, and he's at sixty two, sixty three homers, that's hard to say no to, right? Like, and then you could, yes, even though I just was crapping all over the Angels suck thing. You could say, and he's on a team that, like, if that becomes these two, if that becomes your tipping point, then that can enter the conversation. But yeah, so yeah, I I actually, I, I would still go with Otani, though. I think ultimately, Otani is the guy. But again, it's hard. Like, if Judge does those things and achieves those things, you know, it's. I don't think you can just be like, well. Well, no, mm-hmm. no team. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I, I'm leaning Otani, but...
1: I hate that I agree I with you. you. It's bugging me a little <laughs> bit, but I, I've been an Otani guy from the get-go. Uh, as, as great and a phenomenal of a year as Aaron Judge has had, you, you, the Angels are an even worse team without Shohei Otani. That, that's just straight up because of not only what he does at the plate, what he does on the base pass, but also what he does on the mound. And that's that says a heck of a lot. And if he's not your MVP, what does that say about – like, what does he have to do to get to that point again, right? Like, yeah. next year, does he have to have an ERA under one? Like, does he have to have an, yeah. a Dennis Eckersley kind of year where it's like a .69 and that's, that's your bar and he has to hit 50-plus? Like, I just – it's it's a neck and neck race. Don't get me wrong. Like there's no clear cut winner in this. Part of me is like, hey, we'll just make it a tie. They're both co MVPs, yeah. and then everybody yeah. wins. But uh, I don't like sitting on the fence, so I'm I'm going Otani just because I think you're you're seeing a generational talent who is doing an incredible job at both the plate and on the mound. Something you've never seen before uh, outside of Babe Ruth, and our generation never saw it. The generation before us never saw it you can't rule that out. And whereas we could see Aaron judge hit 70 next year. Like that is just, that's a possibility, right? So, uh, yeah. On to one more final topic of conversation for us. Rule changes coming up for next season. We've got bigger bases coming. We've got a pitch clock coming and we have no shift. Any argument against or for any of those three rule changes?
0: Um, just generally speaking, I don't like them messing with the rules and changing the rules and trying to cut the time on the game. I I I think baseball is, you know, I understand like people only you only have their attention for so long and um, that kind of thing. But I also think baseball is a different sport, and I think you know if people leave in the seventh inning, so what. Like, if they if they join the game late, they come in the third inning and stay for the rest of the game. So what? Baseball is very – I think you can be a tourist in a in a given game. Mm-hmm. I've done it. I'm not like, oh, like I need to watch every inning of every Mariner game or every inning of every Blue Jay game. Yeah, I wish I had that kind of time to, you know, sit back and do that. But, you know, let's let's be real. Some, sometimes you just get a dud of a game or – or in game or you're not engaged into it or you know you got to do the laundry who knows or do the dishes right mm-hmm. <laughs> so so i don't get the need to cut the run time quite as much as um the powers that be so i don't i get tired of, of oh we got to chop 20 minutes off the average game why like why not just sit with it why not just go into it and be like, yeah, we could be here for four hours. You know what? Settle in, kids, phones mm-hmm. away, breathe breathe in the, the smell of the grass, enjoy it. Okay, you're gonna have a tantrum. Okay, let's go. <laughs> you know, like like I just feel like you, you take what's you take that time and I think it's a gift and, and you need to yeah, just immerse yourself in it more if you can. Um okay, <laughs> getting, getting back. <better. laughs> Intro to your to your question. I'm okay with the bases being bigger. I think one of the major things, I think there's a, a cap on pickoff attempts too, if I'm not oh, okay. mistaken. Um, I've thought for a while, um, the, the key to increasing the excitement of baseball is not, is not home run related. We don't need another Sosa McGuire. That stuff's fun, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the long ball. Uh, I, I think it's stolen bases. I'm like, Ricky Henderson single-season stolen base record now, I'm like, how did that How did that happen? Like, that just seems insane. It seems insane, but also so exciting, right? Mm-hmm. Like someone who's just like, yeah, he took second. He's definitely taken third. He's taken, like, no one, like, not no one, but it's you, rare to see someone steal third base these days, right? Or even there's so many times I'm watching a game and I'm like, now would be a good time to steal second base, right? Like you just, like, it's a close game. It's a second and you just single and it's, you know, you get you get the run, the lead run or the tying run or whatever it is. So I think stolen bases are kind of the way to generate more excitement in the game. Uh, so I'm okay with the bigger uh, bases. Uh, I'm okay, I think, with the pickoff moves being limited. I'm okay with the, grudgingly okay with the, uh, the pitching clock um, you could even I don't know what the time is set at. You could even run it a little bit longer than the average between pitches. I'd hate to see it like what's the penalty if your mm. pitch clock runs? Out? It gets called a ball, maybe, so i I don't know I like I'm curious to see how that that all plays out and if there's big blow ups over that or if people just adjust, right mm-hmm. like I don't think I don't think those ones will be too bad the shift i don't like that i don't like that i think guys can again you know getting back to like talk about the the lost start of stolen bases and i get too like the catchers are better and everyone's better at uh defending against these things um but bunting and yeah like a lot of people just hate bunting in the game i'm fine with it i don't care if you can lay down an awesome bunt and leg it out for a single good for you. Like if it beats the shift, good for you. If you can just not necessarily do a bunt, but one of those check swing, excuse me, singles down the line, do it.
1: Or doubles for that matter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's always been on the batter uh, to, to solve that. And I think I'm not sure that there's been an honest effort from hitters to, to really navigate that. But I, so I don't really like the shift being eliminated. We'll see how it goes, how it's, uh, you know, how it, how it plays in real time and all that. And, and how the pitching, like, I, I wonder what, like what pitchers next year are gonna be like, just collapse mm-hmm. or not, like, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Or is there some pitchers that are like extreme ground ball guys who are like, oh yeah, I can't pitch anymore. <laughs> There's no shift. I don't know. Yeah. So, again, there's a curiosity factor, but I don't like that one. I like that one the least, I mm-hmm. think, is is eliminating the shift.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the shift thing mainly because I feel as though no one really tried to beat it, right? Like, it, uh-huh. it's one of those – I'll use the football analogy on this one is if you're constantly running the ball or throwing, you know, the five-yard in, five-yard out and never testing to see going deep for that long bomb touchdown – defenses are going to cheat. Right? They're going to they're not they're going to stack the zone and then you're you're you can't throw anything and you're throwing in interceptions and that kind of thing. Same with baseball to that extent. Why wouldn't you take an opportunity especially if you've got some good slap hitters, which seems to be a dying breed nowadays because everybody's jacked up and and can hit 500-foot bombs why can't you just slap it down? Like if they're going to vacate the third base side. Okay. Just a little tap down there and you've got yourself an instant double. Nobody's trying. And Uh then if, and you've seen it on a few different plays this year is you have that defensive lapse of, Oh, nobody's covering third. The base runner notices. And all of a sudden this little slap single turns into a triple without a contest, right? Like, you're, I just, I, it didn't feel like anybody really tried to take advantage of that obvious discrepancy. Instead, they're going, we just want to have more room to hit it into that one area of the ballpark, and so I'm not a big fan of that. I'm with you on the basis thing. I would, I like having it a little bit bigger. Um, not only for a maybe more more stolen base opportunities, but also from an injury perspective, I think that there's a yep. um, li- um, better opportunity to maybe avoid some of those collisions. Although I think Major League Baseball has done a pretty good job so far of avoiding some of those and and getting some of the rules to you know you can't deliberately slide into guys that kind of thing and and cause injuries. That way, we haven't seen nearly the same kinds of injuries that we did maybe in the past. Um, And then finally on the pitch clock thing, the one aspect of that that nobody's really talked about, and and I see it in all sports now, is you're you're trying to take away from the playing time, but you're not trying to take away from the advertising time. Because between innings, they've expanded that time so that you can fit in another 30-second ad or, or another minute worth of ads. And so you've got now, instead of pitcher goes out there, throws one warm up pitch and then, and is back ready to go. They're throwing five or 10 because they've got to wait, you know, and then you've got to go over and you got to check your palms after between innings and make sure that nobody's got any greasy stuff. Like it's, it's become, especially from a in fan perspective, you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs for a long time, not because of the slow play, but because of the slow play that's being deciphered by these big TV deals. And I know that's a big moneymaker, and I know that goes down a completely different path. Um, But... Why don't we talk about that little elephant in the room? Like, can can you ma- get more bang for the buck by pr- providing less sponsorship opportunities, making them more expensive? And long? I don't I don't know what the the magic number is there, but if that helps speed up the game by an extra ten or fifteen minutes, while not having to institute pitch clocks and you're only allowed to step out of the box once during an at bat, and all these other things to make sure that you can fit two minutes worth of baseball time, so you get five minutes worth of advertising time. I think there's a better happy medium to be had there.
0: Yeah. So on that note, if you if you uh, shorten the breaks between innings and half innings, uh, and you add a small ad on uh, the ball cap for the jersey, I know everyone uh, Ooh, will get NHL yeah, talk here. Yeah. Yeah. But but does that you know you eliminate ten or fifteen minutes from from the game time? in the breaks not the play Mm -hmm. as you said and then you have to look at i don't know the golden arches on the back of the pitcher's cap is that a is that a good trade-off i don't know like i i i don't really like seeing ads (laughs) on jerseys either i should say that but i'm just saying like that's there you know there's all kinds of ways of advertising you know anyone who's watched soccer or cricket not that i watch a lot of cricket but these these sports where they don't really have natural breaks in them they'll do there's ways of advertising within them so Mm -hmm. baseball can and all the sports can steal from that a little bit whether that's something going on the crawl underneath the screen for you know an extra 10 seconds or whatever it is like there's there's ways to do it advertisers i'm sure will come up with plenty, plenty of ideas for uh the teams.
1: Well, and you've seen it in TV land already is on the back of the pitcher's mound. There's always a logo mm. back there now, yeah. right? Like it's very subtle, which is good. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's the way you want to do it if you're going to do it. I even noticed it with with the NHL and their helmet ads. Uh the little mm-hmm. logos like Scotiabank or whatever. Yeah. If it was a little I'll call it jarring. It was a little different at first, but I by Five games in, I didn't even notice it anymore, right? And so if you can make it that way, yeah. the, the the issue becomes when it becomes like, again, I'm using a hockey analogy here, but if it becomes like the World Championships where everything is logoed, including the goalposts yes. and everything, then that's a little excessive in my books.
0: I don't think anyone really wants that, but it's just a matter of the ad creep, right? To... Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, advertisers do want that, yeah. but but I mean, like fans don't necessarily want that. Fans also don't want to hear about gambling takes in mm-hmm. intermissions or in between periods. But that's jammed down our throats too, in the interest of advertising. So, yeah, I don't know. But I think there are subtle ways around it. I agree with you on the hockey helmets. I think I I didn't find that detracting from the look or offensive and. I think, I think with the Oilers this year, they didn't. They opted not to do right. advertising there. I don't know if they're just trying to, you know, build up the, the value and then, you know, knock one out of the park. Uh, sorry to mix uh, sports metaphors uh, <laughs> next year or what. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, if you do these things in the right way, the advertisements don't have to be, like you said, uh, you know, international hockey or some of the soccer jerseys as well where it's one big ad so mm-hmm. yeah
1: it's it's interesting it'll be interesting to see if they decide to go down the path of and a lot of guys are now wearing when they're up to bat the face shields um, mm. I wonder at some point if somebody's gonna go. Well, you can put the golden arch there, or whatever the case may be. Like there, there might. I'm <laughs> sure those conversations have ha- have been had, and I'm sure there's probably a lot of conversations that are had with the equipment suppliers and that kind of thing, because they want their their products logo to be front and center. Like I know, say for example, with a, like, let's say it's new era as the, the ball cap provider, for example, they don't mm-hmm. want someone else's ad on there when they've already got their little logo on, on the side. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm sure there's probably some give and take that happens behind closed doors. that The average fan doesn't think about, but it's, it's one of those things yeah. that as we, as we try to debate, the speed of the game and trying to debate the, the traditional merits of the game and, and all of those different things, how they all kind of interplay so that everybody can walk away relatively. Nobody's going to walk away completely happy, but if everybody can walk away middle of the road happy, then I think you've done a pretty good job.
0: The, the Nike swoosh would fit so nicely on that, uh, that uh, guard that wraps around. Or what if, you know, what if you had some fun with it and you had, like, a hot dog going into the batter's <laughs> mouth and, like... Does that give him a competitive advantage? Like is the pitcher laughing too hard to like focus if he sees that? You know?
1: I would love to see a day where it's kind of like the the hockey goalies. They get to personalize their masks. Yes. Why wouldn't yeah. you do that, in Major League Baseball? Like the the big thing was I can't remember the name of the movie. If it was Sm- Smile, they had that weird yes. guerrilla marketing campaign where. Fans in the yeah. stands were just sitting there smiling at the camera the whole time. It was super creepy, but it was all yes. in, a, in an effort to advertise this movie. What if you were to do something similar like that on the mask of of one of the batters, right? Like, and especially yeah. if you can do a uh, if you can get uh, say say a Vladdy Guerrero because he's the one that I, I always think of when he's got that on. Um, yeah. if he gets his own sponsorship deal for it. Right. Like, does he get a, a cut of the coin because it's his brand attached to it? Like, is, are yeah. there opportunities? I don't know. Now we're going down this yeah. really weird rabbit hole well, where we're solving the world's problems through advertising.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, does it become NASCAR because they're just bowing to sponsors or uh, who is the running back uh, for the Seahawks? The guy who loves Skittles. Uh,
1: uh, Marshawn uh, March- uh, Lynch. Lynch.
0: Yeah. Like, if you had, like, a little Skittles ad on his helmet, just yeah. because it became such a thing, like, you wouldn't have been like, oh, that's offensive. Well, I've, you know, <laughs> not many people. They would have just thought it was funny, right? Yeah. So I think if it, if it works with the personality and what's, what's going on there, it's fine. But mm-hmm. if it's like, no, I'm just a big Pennzoil fan. Like, uh, <laughs> this is what I use in my car. Like, no one cares about that, really, right? So...
1: I'm a fan of big league chew. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Hey man, double bubble on the helmets. I'm down. I'm down with that.
1: Uh, for your sponsorship ideas. And if you want to join Alberta dugout stories as a sponsor, by all means, drop us a line, Alberta dugout stories at gmail.com. Uh, shameless self-promotion yeah. there. Uh, Ian yeah, we will... have to <laughs> hey,
0: sponsors. Listen up. Adver. We're talking about advertising. We're talking to you. Like come, come to us. You, you know, We've got real estate. We've got a website. We've got social media. We've got uh, we've got swag. You know, let's uh, let's get your logo on there in a tasteful way, of course. Of course.
1: <laughs> For more, go to Alberta albertadugoutstories.com. Ian Wilson, always <laughs> a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much, and uh, happy 200 episodes, my friend.
0: Hey, congratulations! Uh, in all seriousness, you've been uh, you've been driving that bus, and you've been uh, uh, you've you've been spearheading all. Of you know the bulk of the work there uh in terms of production and putting it all together and uh most of the interviews so i know i, I help out where i can but the, the podcast has has primarily been your baby and you've done uh, done great work there and congrats on 200 man let's uh let's do 200 more
1: Big thanks to Ian Wilson for joining us this week, and thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. A quick programming note for you. We will be taking next week off with the podcast as my family is set to welcome our second child to the roster any day now. So take the opportunity to head back into our archives, maybe listen to an episode or two that you might have missed along the way. And while you're there, leave us a rating and a review to help spread the word about us. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with more great interviews with Alberta's baseball stars past, present, and future. Until then, thank you again for all of your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.